In today's episode, we've got recording artist Stan Bush. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to Shatter the Mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold, the first one of 2021, long overdue. Apologies for taking so long. I think we all agree it's it's been a crazy year so far already, um, hence the delay, but we are ready to get back into things and really dive back into our schedule. As always, I just want to quickly begin with an update for my book, the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Uh, it had uh, an unbelievable 2020, and it's already off to a great start for 2021 as well. want to thank everyone for the five-star rave reviews. Amazon actually changed their uh, functionality so I can no longer comment on them and reply to you and thank you personally on the site. But I do really appreciate them. And also, you know, I appreciate Yahoo uh, late last year putting the book in one of its top 20 lists. It was uh, it was featured, I think, in two articles in Yahoo, actually. And um, again, everything's like just going so great with the book. I could not be happier. I really appreciate all the positive emails, all the positive feedback. The best ones are for people that have read so many Law of Attraction books and could never really wrap their head around it or find a final solution where they're saying that this book finally did the trick. So again, thank you so much to everyone for all your support, for all the positive feedback. And uh, trust me when I say there's a lot more on the way for 2021 in that regard. Quick reminder, if you want to check out the book on Amazon, you can just go to lastlawofattractionbook.com and it'll auto forward to you. Again, that's uh, for audiobook or Kindle or paperback, whatever format you want. Or if you just want to check out my YouTube channel, which is getting more and more subscribers through its content and support of the book, you can just go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. But with that said, let's waste no more time here. Let's go straight to our interview. Um, this one's going to be a good one. So I'm going to switch up mics and dive on in with Stan. All right. So today's guest I'm, I'm really excited for. Uh, Stan Bush is an Emmy-winning, world-renowned rock singer with decades of experience and success under his belt. Best known for his song, The Touch, from the very first Transformers movie back in 1986, and more recently, the Bumblebee film, Stan has navigated the music industry on a level that few can match and most will never truly appreciate. He recently put out his 14th studio album, Dare to Dream, bolstered by his Netflix-featured single, Born to Fight. And this is just a short version of his bio introduction, but I want to dive straight in with him and pick his brain about what it means to consistently create in one of the most volatile and challenging industries out there. So without further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Mr. Stan Bush. Stan, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome hey. to Shatter the Mold. Hi, my pleasure. How's it going? It's going great, Stan. I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I... Um, I have two channels. I've got Shatter the Mold, um, which is about obviously you know, shattering the mold. I've also got a, a law of attraction thing where I recently I haven't uploaded it. I spoke to a musician who's done like 50 million in sales. And, you know, I got a glimpse of what it really takes that a lot of people don't appreciate to be in this industry. And we were talking before I hit the record button. I mean, you know, I'm obviously familiar with you from Transformers and that's kind of like been the by you know i'm not sure how things go across the world in other countries but i've never seen you get any love from mtv back when they were doing videos i've never seen you get any love from clear channel or z100 or any of that stuff and here you are you're on your 14th studio album and you're making things happen so i guess first um 
in your face question is like, what is your secret to thriving so long and making it work and continuing to put out content in the music industry? Uh, maybe stubborn <laughs> tenacity, I guess is a good word. Um, no, it's just, uh, you just keep, keep doing it. Right. Um, like when rock eighties uh, rock kind of imploded in the early nineties, the grunge thing came in and I still had like a following in Europe and Japan. So I did a lot of stuff over there, tours and whatnot. So uh, I kind of kept things alive and, and kept making uh, the, the kind of music that I do. I had, haven't really changed drastically over the years. It's just, uh, you know, it's just something that's, that's close to what I feel, you know, as, as an artist. And um, anyway, it's been, it's been a cool ride. I've, awesome. uh, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff, you know, films and TV and whatnot, you know, things that have happened and, and uh, I'm grateful for everything that that's come about, you know? Yeah. And I was so. going to say, you know, based on, the touch and based on dare which was also featured in transformers which you know i know a lot of people a lot of your fans will watch this interview and a lot of new people will watch this interview um your lyrical content it seems reasonably consistent in terms of the attitude and the vibe I'm, i'm wondering like what how would you describe your lyrical style and and what informs it even to this day and and has it evolved in your opinion in any way through the years yeah well the um the sort of motivational aspect uh, has sort that sort of started with the touch, you know, it's uh, people have said that, that that song, you know, touched them in some way, you know, no pun intended, like, well, you know, just as far as maybe making them feel like they could do stuff they maybe couldn't ordinarily do and that kind of thing. Uh, and it just sort of, it seemed to be a, a niche. I, I like the positive aspect and uh, it's just a message of, of like, Hey, you know, believe in yourself and, and, you know, go for stuff. Right. And, uh, anyway, it, uh, it just kind of evolved from there, but I mean, I still do like the, the love songs and things like that as well, but, uh, it seems like every album, there's two or three of those sort of, uh, you know, go for it, you know, believe in yourself. And, uh, so anyway, it's a cool thing to be known for. And I, uh, I really like, I don't know, it's a theory that I have sort of, uh, a feeling that, you know, deep down, I, I don't think we realize how much power we have as people you know we we really can sort of move mountains metaphorically you know it's so yeah anyway. i love that i love that you know i've also noticed just there's uh, an obvious willingness to to stay connected with your fan base in mm-hmm. ways that you know i mean maybe i'm just a bit jaded but i don't think every artist out there whether they're being pushed out into the spotlight or not i don't i don't see a lot of people making that concerted effort or having that care with which they treat their fan base. And the feeling I get from you is, you know, you're very happy and and like you said, grateful to be connected to them. I'm wondering, you know, what, how much of your thought process goes in like when you're creating records about, you know, your fan base, are you looking to, um, are you looking for new opportunities to connect with them through the music? Are you looking for new opportunities to connect with them even outside of the music? Like what has been your perspective in interacting with them all these years? Cause obviously you're doing something right that a lot of people can learn from. Well, it's, uh, I don't think I, you know, consciously set out to try to, you know, write for a particular, you know, genre or, <clears throat> or, uh, or, or write to, to become, become successful or whatever. I think it's just, I just do what I do. And uh, to me, like music is very sort of uh, like, I'll be messing with an idea, a new idea, and I won't even pursue it unless I think it's great. You know what I mean? So a melody has to really stick with me. And that's, that's kind of elusive. The the thing about writing, I think uh, 
it's, you know, everybody knows a great song when they hear it, but you can't always get there. You know, it's sort of, uh, I guess if it was easy, everybody would do it right. Mm, <laughs> no, but right. I'm just, I don't know. It, it really is work, you know, to try to, to come up with something that's good that you think also, you know, that's not sort of been done, you know, that's another hard, hard aspect. You know, you got to try to think of new stuff and like, I don't know if you noticed, but I changed keys a lot. So, I mean, to me, it's like, wow, you know, where did that come from? You know, that you, you want right. to sort of, you want to surprise people, I think, you know, and yeah. so, but, no. but as far as the uh, promotion, self-promotion aspect of that's, that is hard. And uh, the industry is changing and you know, has been since, uh, since back in the old days, really, uh, the record companies sort of went away uh, in terms of the, the general model is sort of, you know, you're on your own, buddy, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, with Napster and the whole downloading and then it, it evolved from there, you know, iTunes. And then, uh, you know, now it's it's a lot of streaming stuff and uh, and YouTube and things. Yeah. So. Like in this new world and, and how we're, we're connecting with with our audience in different ways, have you noticed something? in the past five or 10 years that either you tried and it really worked and it really connected, or even on the other flip side of things, you tried something that you thought might work and it just went nowhere. And they're just like, Hey, well, I, I guess that was worth a shot. Was there anything that like stands out in your mind, either on a plus or minus in that way? Probably more of the latter. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's, it, it is that way, you know, you, uh, you know, you, it is a sort of hit or miss thing. Um, but I think, you know, if you know in your gut that something's really good and, and you just uh, go with that, you know, it's usually your gut, you can trust your gut, you know, and uh, I think that's been, uh, if anything, sort of a key to, to whatever success I have had, you know, the, the like I say, some of the early films and things that uh, later became sort of, um, you know, occult following and things like the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and uh like I've, I'm known for this sort of, uh, besides Transformers, I mean, uh, for this sort of action hero kind of stuff. And uh, I love that. I mean, I love the songs of the 80s. You, you remember you'd go to the movies and you'd see a movie and you'd, they had these songs and the, and the songs were great. And they would they would be part of the story. And then you'd walk out of the theater, you know, you'd, you'd sing the song and you'd know the lyrics and, you know, the melody you'd remember. And that mm. I missed that, you know, that was that was a cool thing about the 80s is that uh memorable hook but the the hook thing you know yeah you know it's so funny because like obviously one of the big things like today is cobra kai which is living off like that magic of the karate kid and i think karate kid is like a wonderful example of something where you know that music and the montages that you know they didn't make the movie they complimented the movie they gave it a new dynamic a new layer a new flavor so that's right yeah when you tell me that i kind of i hear exactly what you're saying about using the music to enhance whatever story these producers and these writers and these actors had in mind before they ever laid down these tracks afterwards. It's almost becoming this, this new creation through the addition mm-hmm. of the music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that was one of the best things about the 80s. Uh, you know, movies like Top Gun and, uh, you know, well, Rocky was actually 70s, but you know what I mean. And, yeah. uh, and uh, those kind of movies, Back to the Future. It was, it was a really cool time for music and... Uh, so that was the other thing too, is sort of uh, the songwriting aspect was like that sort of, to me, I, I never left the eighties. In fact, there's a, you probably know this, but there's a song on the album called the eighties, the new mm-hmm. album dare to dream has a song called the eighties. We did a music video for it uh, last year in the summertime and uh, it, uh, well, 20, 20, uh, 2019, that was it. Yeah. 2019 in the summer, and it was called the eighties and it's a song about eighties music. And, uh, 
sort of carefree and, and looking back at your youth and it's a, it's a very cool nostalgic kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of that, like, you know, just looking back on the eighties to, to pay you a compliment and I really do mean this in the most complimentary way, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the new album and I'm listening to the quality uh-huh. of your voice and I don't know how you've done it, but it seems to me, and again, I'm no expert. It seems to me like the quality of your voice has remained. And I mean that in comparison where, I have certain bands that I follow or certain musicians and it seems like the voice changes and not so much for the better where, you know, maybe, they, yeah. you know, things happen, they blow out their vocal cords or, or who knows what, but to yeah. your credit, at least in my opinion, it seems like the quality of your voice has really stayed the same. And we're talking over decades. I'm wondering is, do you have some kind of like health regimen or some way of like, you know, <laughs> handling or taking care of your voice that's ensuring that, or are you just like blessed with good genetics? Like what's the secret on that one? Well, my voice has always been, you know, pretty strong. I'm uh, playing all all those years in nightclubs and coming up, you know, and uh, I think that's another thing, though. A lot of these bands that you're talking about, ones that were really big bands in the 80s and 70s, these guys toured, you know, they would tour six months or 12 months, maybe in a whole, you know, all the time. And it's really hard to sing like that all the time, especially, you know, if you don't take care of yourself. Uh, That's another thing, you know, uh, whatever. But but I think, you know, one of the th- things that I've been blessed is being able to make a living and staying staying in town, you know, and not having to go out all the time. I mean, I do selective dates, selected like tour dates in Europe and whatever, you know, and or, or in the States. And then but I don't go out for months and months. You know, that's uh, that's hard to uh, it's hard to keep your voice up, especially like you start losing the high notes first and <laughs> you see that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but, uh, to credit to these musicians. I mean, sometimes you see bands play and they, they get to a point where they're like engaging in the crowd and having the crowd hit the notes. And yeah, let them clear. sing it's it, like, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's good showmanship, but also it's a, it's a strategy because they can't hit the note the same way because, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing yeah, it from new confirmation. Yeah. It's like it takes its toll You're on right. you. You're right. Got it really does. It, uh, every time you, you know, scream out one of those notes, it's like, ah, you know, it's, it's really is hard to sing like that. Uh, consistently you know you can you can do it in the studio but uh but I, yeah i've i've uh i've been blessed in that regard so mm. it, i still have my my notes and my high notes and all that nice. i don't know if they're as high <laughs> <laughs> i i listened the other day to that fight to survive and that was a high e that was mm-hmm. like fight to survive you know that was like man that's yeah. that's up there no i got you i got you and it's it's funny <laughs> we're also we're always going to be our own worst critics where will know yeah. a difference just as artists. I mean, I'm not a singer, but like in the stuff that you do, you will spot the difference um, about 10 years before someone else might notice it. Cause you could already, yeah. you know yourself so yeah. well in that way. Um, yeah, it's you know, also fun. like, since we're yeah. talking about like the new stuff, I want to ask you about born to fight. Cause you know, in, in, as I introduced you, I said like Netflix featured single. I want to ask you like, you know, what really like happened that like, what's the situation with that being featured and kind of what was the story that got it on Netflix to begin with. How did you kind of get that platform for it? Well, the head of Netflix anime actually reached out to me and uh, it was around the end of the summer, September maybe, uh, and wanted to commission me to write a song uh, to promote their two most popular anime shows, uh, Baki and Kingan Ashura. Um, anyway, it was like, uh, oh, great. You know, so I immediately called up my writing partner that I wrote The Touch with, Lenny Macaluso, and we cranked out the song Born to Fight and the timing was perfect because 
we had one more uh, song to do to complete the new album, the Dare to Dream album. And uh, so Born to Fight came about very quickly and uh, they loved it after we recorded the song and submitted it. And so it turned into a music video and has footage from the cartoon shows, you know, the, the anime shows and, uh, and a music video for, for the new album. So the timing, everything was perfect. It was uh, the final song for the, the, the new album. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I love the way, you know, you kind of like, you know, you almost keep it old school and you put it in its couple it with other footage and, and kind of maintain the vibe of that music, which I love. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a fun thing. Like the, like the Transformers movie, the original, the music video for the touch would had the cartoon, the footage from the animated uh, Transformers way, way back. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm hoping to be a bit of a, of a different interview, but just cause we bring it up here, even though you've probably been asked a million times, I'm, I'm curious when that movie hit, like, were you in any way mentally prepared for the kind of microscope that was going to be on that song or even both those songs like that and, and there and how much attention it really got? Did you even know it was coming down the pike or did it kind of hit you out of nowhere? It was kind of out of nowhere. Um, Lenny and I wrote the touch and then submitted it actually and originally had written it with the films, the Stallone movie Cobra in mind. And uh, it, anyway, the record company came back and said, Oh, we got it in this, animated movie about robots and like what <laughs> anyway little do we know it was going to become like a phenomenon so um but yeah back then i mean ninja turtles were the thing right so uh, uh anyway uh it turned out like i say years decades later that transformers emerged as this big phenomenon you know it, it was a huge uh huge deal and uh it's pretty cool because uh i go to the conventions a lot of times and perform and a lot of Transformers fans uh, know the, those songs, The Touch and Dare. And there have been others since then. There was one called Till All Our One. It's in the uh, uh, Transformers War for Cybertron uh, game and some other games and stuff. I uh, use, use those songs. And uh, it's just it, Hasbro's been great. It's been been really cool dealing with uh, with those people. And the fans, of course, are wonderful. They uh, mm-hmm. They come to these shows, these conventions, and they're like, you know, Oh man, your song changed my life. The soundtrack to my childhood, stuff like that, you know. And I'm like so humbled because I'm like, you know, all I did was sing a song 30 years ago, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of, but yeah. you, but for some reason you made somebody's, you know, maybe made somebody's day a little better or something. It's just, it's an awesome feeling, you know. So yeah. Well, what's most yeah. interesting about this is like, you know, many people just, you know, entrepreneurs are doing certain businesses and, you know, they're, yeah. they're going after, um, you know, boomer, boomer generation or something else. Like just the way this worked out, that song happened to be put in front of kids. And now all these years later, they are the ones that make those decisions about spending money. So what are they going to spend money on? Like, of course, the things that really touched them and really reached them. So it was almost like this mm-hmm. really happy accident. The fact that you were just doing your thing, creating trying to put it in another movie that wasn't even for kids, if I'm not mistaken. And, and here kind of like things flipped around and then they went in this direction. And um, again, it sounds to me like, and even hearing you speak right now, it's almost like you are doing it a lot of it unconsciously, just in who you are as a person, authentically, you've, you found a way just to stay connected with the fans and, and, and honor their passion for what you've done. And um Whereas like some people, and I mean this in a bad way, some people be like, oh, I'm over that. It's done. You're like, no, listen, this touched people. I dig it. I yeah. actually wrote it. Obviously I'm into it. 
I'm, I'm not going to like turn my back on this at all. Like, let's see who this is connecting with. Let's see where we can push this and let's make sure that everything else do yeah. is like in honor of that, because I'm totally on board. That's the feeling that I get from you, even in yeah. this conversation, but just in seeing how you consistently put out your music. And I think it's a wonderful lesson for people across the board because you know, some people hear this as musicians and are like, well, yeah, I can get down with that and I can understand that. But again, even entrepreneurs, even people that aren't doing something that's, you know, coded as creative, I think there's something to be said for really noticing when you create something or you do something or you serve in a certain way that really teaches, really uh, reaches people. And again, it sounds to me like you're really leading by example and honoring that as you move forward in your career and as you continue to create. So I want to give you kudos for that. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I'm humbled by the whole thing. Honestly, it's, uh, these, these are wonderful people, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's just really cool to, to be appreciated for something that you, you know, that you do. I mean, I guess that's true in every aspect of life, but, um, I, I don't know. It, it is a cool song though. I mean, it's, I still like the song. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, everybody, like you said, you know, they, Oh man, I got to play that song again, you know? <laughs> But to me, it's it's the opposite. I'm like thrilled to be able to play, and they're like singing along, and they know the words, and it's like it's it's the best, you know. Yeah, it really yeah, is the best. Sure. I love yeah. it. I love it. What right now? I mean, um, obviously, you know, we're we're coming off the the heels of 2020, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'll see how things go with with um, perform live performances. Are there any right. songs in particular off the new album that you're just really pumped to? perform live that just like for some reason they really resonate with you to sing and perform um it's funny because um i we well okay back up for a second this past year of course has been a real nightmare for most everybody 2020 but uh the the one silver lining for me at least is that we were able myself and my producer holger fath he's a great guitar player and my best friend and anyway we did this album during this whole pandemic and uh the, the the silver lining is that we were able to focus entirely on the songs and the production. So I'm very happy with the, the new record and, and I pretty much love every song on, which is very unusual for, I mean, usually after I finish an, an album, I don't want to think about it or hear it again for, for years, <laughs> you know, sometimes years, but it's uh, I really do love uh, every song. I mean, born to fight came out great. Uh, the title song dare to dream is a real powerful uh, song. There's a couple of others that one called uh, Heat of Attack is, uh, you know, people have compared it to like Survivor or something, you know, because it's got that sort of power, uh, a memorable hook thing, you know, and uh, but but songs about there's one called True Believer, you know, and there there are songs about sort of uh, fighting, but also about, uh, you know, believing in yourself, going for it, you know, and uh, and, you know, it's it's. uh, it's not cheesy. I think it's, to me, it's just uplifting. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best word I can use is it's, uh, uh, but I'm singing it to myself as much as anything. I think, you know, it's nice. like, <laughs> I, nice. I've had a great life. I mean, my, my childhood was great. My parents were real supportive. I think that that's a real plus, you know, uh, some people maybe are not so lucky and things in, in that regard, but, um, but I have had a really blessed life and, uh, I don't know, just to me, it's like, there's a there's a lot of negativity in the world and if you can say something positive i think it's better you know and yeah. uh there's even touches of like uh you know some spiritual things too you know like in the lyrics about like dare to dream i mean you uh 
you know, live every moment, you know, look up to the sky. Of course, that means, you know, you're looking to the big guy. And yeah, I don't know, just just stuff like that, where you, you stop and think about what what makes all of this happen? What, why is the world here? And like the last song, too, that uh, home is, is a very personal song, too. It's sort of going back to childhood, you know, and I grew up in the South, of course, in Florida. And uh, but you, it's like everybody, I think, yearns to go back to the the beginning you know and uh it's not so much a place but a feeling you know you you, Mm -hmm. when you were a kid you have this innocence and and uh anyway i uh i really like that song as well so but yeah it'll be it'll be a blast performing this stuff when we uh when we do finally open up and maybe by summer you know this whole vaccine thing will be uh you know uh fixing everything and making it where we can live again and not go through this stuff it's been a crazy crazy time yeah, I guess time will tell on that one. Now, I, I get the feeling, obviously, a lot of the um, the song structure and arrangement was done in 2020. Were the lyrics also done in 2020, or did you kind of come in with those before you really dove into things? No, it was mostly all in 2020. Uh, cool. Like I say, the 80s was already, we did that uh, before, and that was like the first song. And then there were one or two others late, later in 2019, uh, and then but but the bulk of the album was 2020 uh and it's it's sort of like uh i go just song by song like uh the lyrics um often i'll start with like a a melody and chord thing and i'll be singing a melody that i'll think oh wow this is cool and and then have sort of another part that i go to that maybe hopefully is a, a surprise or something unusual but melodically memorable you know and then uh, a lot of times you'll get a, a hook sort of t- idea, a title will emerge. And then you sort of work backwards from there and fill in the blanks. It's like a puzzle, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. I love songwriting. It's a, uh, it's very, it's, it's a lot of concentration and it's not you know, something you can just, some of these people just whip out stuff. And I'm like, that's not me. You know, I got to work hard, especially yeah, on the lyrics. Cause it's a, uh, yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you, you want to, I guess in the past, looking back years ago in my early early stuff, uh, decades ago, um, I think that was where and I probably didn't do as well as I could. I gave up too soon, you know, on lyrics and but uh, but they're important, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, whether melodically speaking or lyrically speaking, is there any song that stands out as the one that's kind of like a departure or most of a departure from from what you did with the album, or was it really all just very consistent? that you wanted to follow the, the same thread throughout the whole thing? Um, well, they were different. Like I say, uh, this one called A Dream of Love, is it's uh, it's got a sort of a, uh, eight, a slow eighth note, mid-tempo eighth note kind of feel, like a little bit like Missing You or something, uh, John Waite. But it has, uh, or White Snake, uh, you know, uh, it's this love. But, uh, but the lyrics are about, you know, this guy, for whatever reason, he... Uh, he's lost this the this love this woman that he loved and uh so he can only sort of see her when he's dreaming you know so anyway it's uh it's one of those sort of different but it's it's definitely a a, a love or, or love lost kind of song and uh, mm-hmm. of course the, the there's a big love ballad um you know and uh anyway but you know you yeah. want to i think you want to mix it up you know you can't have all sort of fight songs and or all uh you know but uh it's it's i i like uh you know I, I love love songs i mean it's like to me that that was always the thing you know most most every song was somehow about uh relationships and things so you, yeah. you want to find stuff that you, you can be passionate about 
Yeah. Now, yeah. through your creative process, are you are these songs being influenced by personal experience, by stories from friends, or a combination, or really just coming out from the ether? It's mostly pretty much all fictional. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably home is is closer to hitting the mark, you know. And there was another one that I did on my 2007 In This Life album that was uh, very, you know, personal and real. That was a song, um, you know, uh, S- uh, Southern Rain. It's about, again, about go- growing up and being a kid and going back to that time in your mind and, and uh, you know, like escaping from sort of modern day, you know, stresses and strains that we, you know, all of us as adults, we, it's crazy, you know, when you're you're making a living, you're you're living in the world and you're trying to do the right thing and and maybe raise a family whatever you're doing uh but just the the, the stress level is incredible you know right. it's amazing we're not all nuts you know well a lot of us are <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it's kind of funny it's like that's i guess where music comes in and and other creative outlets yeah. come in as a as a way of you know experiencing relief or experiencing just escape from whatever yeah. that stress might be so I guess that's, that's part of where the art comes in. Um, on that note, actually, you know, comes to mind, I'm sure you've had like a lot of, again, a lot of experiences of, of fans of the music saying, hey, listen, this made a real impact or um, it's really inspired me. Is there anything in, the, in your mind that stands out the most or one of the most that really just like knocked you over that you weren't expecting in terms of a fan interaction? Oh, uh, well, just, you know, I've gotten fan letters from people where, you know, like I say, they... One, I guess one kid was near uh, contemplating suicide at one point or something. And he, he was saying how those songs had turned him around, turned his life around. And that was incredible to hear, you know, and um, yeah. that, that maybe your, your lyrics help somebody through a tough time. And uh, I got one fan letter that was really cute from a little boy. He said, you're my biggest fan. <laughs> no, he had to turn around. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So there's awesome. you get everything, you know. funny stuff like that it was very cute i love it i mean well again it's it sounds like you're you're really you're you're following your passion it sounds like you're um you're kind of just like you're letting you you're feeling your way through it it's i get the feeling that you're just you're taking this as it comes you're creating as you can you're letting the the feedback from people inspire you while while simultaneously staying true to yourself and again like this this is kind of like an entrepreneurial podcast i think these are all wonderful lessons that can translate for anyone out there that wants to have a career in music but also translates in any kind of thing that you want to do because it again you know this is just me waxing poetic and coming from my own perspective but i think it's really important to have a strong sense of self as you do things so that when you get that feedback you're letting it inspire you and you're letting it push you but you're not letting it be the only thing you depend on because it's still got to come from within and again that's the feeling i'm getting from you in terms of your creative process well, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, one, probably the most gratifying thing or whatever that you really feel like you're doing something with your life is, is pursuing, you know, any form of like excellence. If you think you're, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is, I'm doing something really good here, you know, and uh, that's a great feeling, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it doesn't have to be, you know, music or whatever it is, any, uh, and also one of the things of the buddy, old buddy of mine, played drums for Tom Petty for years and years, uh, told me one time, said, always work with the best people you can. And that sort of struck with me, stuck, stuck with me as well, you know, and, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, you want to, you want to do everything as, as good as you can and be, you know, uh, I've had a pretty good uh, career as a singer too, just, uh, just straight 
you know, hired singer back in the eighties. I did a lot of big commercials. I was the voice for Toyota trucks and Coors beer and all the stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's how I bought my house, my house, you know, way back. It's like, you know, you, uh, it's good money in that stuff, you know, and I'd sing yeah. on other albums like Alice Cooper and Jefferson Starship and tons of stuff, you know, it's like, uh, but you know, I think, uh, like I say, songwriting is, is one of the coolest things. Cause you, you start like you start with nothing and you, you come up with something that's like, you create something. It's a really cool feeling. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's like I say, 90% of them are not that great, but, but there's occasionally something that's like, Oh, okay. You know, this is really good. Yeah. So. Do you start from the music end um, with a harmony or with a chord progression or a piano line? Like what is usually the foundation if there is a usual one to begin with that you build all your songs off of? Yeah, it's, it's usually guitar. I have an acoustic guitar that a really good one that sounds great. And just, just sitting by by myself and strumming and, you know, you come up with a, a melody, like you said, and, and chords. And it's like, it, it, it really takes a lot of sort of noodling around before something really hits you. You know, it's like, wow, you know, this could be, this could be a song or, you know, sometimes, like I say, it'll be a, a whole title, uh, song title will, will kind of like come out of nowhere and you're like, Oh wow. Yeah, that'll be good. And then, uh, you know, but it. again, it's, uh, a lot of it's production too, you know, like some songs are, you know, maybe would most, most songs, if they, if you can sit down with an acoustic guitar, one guy with a, with a guitar and sing it and it sounds like, Oh, okay. That's the mark of a good song. If it's, if it's a good song in, you know, unproduced or whatever, then it's sort of in the raw state. And then that's why I think that unplug phenomenon during the, the nineties that, that happened the eighties and nineties um, was so popular because it, it really did distill down, you know, you could see, okay, this is a song laid bare, right. You know, it's like, yeah, it was a cool thing. For sure. for sure. I know Nirvana was and Pearl Jam were probably the most well-known unplugs. I was a huge fan of live and when live did unplugs, just like what you were saying, mm -hmm. I remember hearing the, there's just a, this structure and the, the soul of the song in a way mm -hmm. that you just don't hear on, on a produced album. So I, I totally get you on that. Um, yeah. I love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're recording this in the first week of 2021 and we are in a bit of a, a holding pattern in the sense of touring and things of that nature, yeah, that part, yeah. notwithstanding, like, where are you going from here? Like, what are your current 2021 plans in terms of things that you're definitely doing X, Y, and Z right now in the next couple of months? Um, I'm doing some uh, something this this weekend that's going to come out soon, and I can't really elaborate because it's a secret. But it's going to be really cool and and mm -hmm. very very big, and uh, you know it's I think it's going to really help the trajectory of the album. The album's already doing great, by the way. The reviews have been just tremendous um, in Europe and everything else. So I just found out a couple of days ago that it was voted uh, number ten. Uh, of the new albums this, of the I mean of, of 2020 the albums of 2020 nice. so that's Congrats. that's pretty cool you know hearing stuff like that and people seem to really like it and uh so anyway for sure it's for but sure. but yeah I'm I'm working on that and uh looking towards doing doing a lot of promotion PR stuff but uh I really would like to start doing shows you know later uh certainly by summer I'm thinking we'll we'll be uh, we'll be out there doing things I love it I so, love it and, uh, you know, if people in terms of this uh, thing that we can't reveal yet, I mean, the time will come for it. If people want to find out about that when the time comes or really just learn more about you or hear your songs, what's the best place for them to find you online? Uh, Stanbush.com. 
So easy. Yeah. It's going to be easier, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Stan, yeah. I got to tell you again, this has been a very like inspiring conversation. Uh, I highly recommend people go to stanbush.com. I also highly recommend people check out the album. Um, I, again, I appreciate, I, I notice when someone's coming at something from a very, um, core artistic integrity point of view on things and and i can really tell about that that's how you're approaching the music and i just wanted to give you respect for that and i really appreciated this opportunity to have what for my podcast is a very unique conversation because usually i'll talk to marketing people and i'll talk to business people and, and things of that nature and you know your work is its own marketing just be, through its quality but also this gets to really more to a core of a creative standpoint and i've really appreciated the opportunity to have this conversation and go down this road with you. So thank you so much for that, my friend. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. It was great. Uh, appreciate you having me on and thanks for the support. Thank you again, Stan. That was really awesome and a really nice change of pace for this show. If I'm not mistaken, you really are the first recording artist I've had featured on this podcast, and maybe that'll be a sign of things to come. But uh, guys, those that have heard this for the first time, uh, by all means, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review. And stay tuned. We have got a lot more on the way. I'm going to try to uh, ramp up the publishing schedule get more guests on. We've got a few recorded from 2020 still that I want to knock out there and uh, they'll be on the way shortly. So I'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan and it's time to shatter the mold.